What is going on, everybody? Happy Monday and welcome to the podcast with the best advice. This is In Their 20s with your host, your weekly host, Landon Campbell. We're so close to episode 100. I just want to say thank you again to everybody who continues to tune in. For episode 97 this week, we had a very special and extraordinary guest on the show. We were privileged to speak with Kat Cole. She's the president and COO of Athletic Greens, which is a global health company selling daily nutrition products. Listen, a lot of people know Kat's story. Her journey from restaurant hostess at 17 to executive by 26 and investor by 35 is often shared as a key example of the American and entrepreneurial dream. I wanted to make this interview as unique as possible. So while we did talk a lot about her 20s, we also spoke about a time of uncertainty that she had to deal with in her 20s. We spoke about qualities that she looks for in younger employees. We also spoke about the importance of managing your health in your 20s. This was a wonderful conversation with Kat. Um, You guys are really going to enjoy this one a lot. So we're going to dive in. Before we do, I want to give a special, special shout out to Anand Thacker for helping organize today's interview. Make sure to check out his Twitter at Anant Thacker. If you guys are fans of In Their 20s and ever have a suggestion for a guest, you can always DM me at Landon20s. That's L A N D O N 20S. All right, without further ado, we will be jumping in with Kat Cole to hear about her best advice for people in their 20s. Kat, first question for you. I understand that you've been working for a long time. Uh, You started working around 15. And something that I really found unique about your story is that you've had a lot of women bosses in your early career. First question for you is how important is it to have a mentor that looks like you in your 20s? I think it's difficult to um, overstate the importance of representation because it's it, it creates, one, it's proven that your neural pathways literally operate differently when you are in the presence of someone with whom you feel familiar for whatever reason, right? They look like you, uh, they, you hear that they grew up where you did, they've had a similar career as you, they had a similar life situation, um, they're the same gender identity, like what, you know, whatever it is, there is a very real psychological effect. Now, I'm not a neurologist. I've just read a few of these studies that were run by the military in many cases. The military had to accelerate training and they learned that recruits learned faster if they recognized someone like them Hmm. in the training force. And so all that to say, it's super important, um, at least over time as you amass advocates and mentors and coaches and people around you, like everyone doesn't need to be like you. And in fact, that could be limiting, right? If you don't appreciate the breadth of lift experiences, but certainly within some number of mentors of coaches, there's real value in feeling, even if it's just feeling the connectivity of someone who has a similar lived experience. Um, And then there might even be a different level of vulnerability, right? That you extend to those folks. And so at a minimum, I would encourage someone to appreciate what might be a more intimate or more fruitful um, coaching or friendship or mentoring experience because of some of those dynamics, but not look for it to be exclusively who is around you from a mentoring perspective. 
I love the points that you made there. This podcast is really predicated on the idea that in order to become successful, you need to see success. So since day one, I've really been focused on sharing different perspectives, you know, people that look different, people who have gone through different things, because, you know, my audience does sway a little earlier. So early to mid twenties, all really all over the map. But for the most part, I want to make sure that people listening every single week for the past two years are able to kind of find a mentor in their pocket and find someone that looks like them, find someone that maybe has a similar life experience as them. Um, I think I totally agree with you that early in your career, that <laughs> helps a whole lot. So I want to talk about a role that you had in your 20s. Um, I think that it's been covered a lot. So I kind of want to reverse engineer the question a little bit. And I saw that you were the vice president of Hooters at age 26. So I want to explore, uh, in your words, the journey that led up to that moment and best advice for people in their early 20s that want to climb the ladder quickly. One tip is join a company that's growing. There's going to be more opportunities in growing companies. And the company I was with just happened to be opening a ton of restaurants around the world, which requires middle level leadership to manage those restaurants, which eventually with enough of them requires more executives to be created, right? The roles that I moved into were often new roles created by the growth. I wasn't just sitting around waiting for somebody to die or quit. Um, growth matters. So it's not that there's no opportunity in slow growth or no growth, but just the math, right? There's not as much or, or someone else's situation has to change in order for the opportunity for you to be opened, at least in the opportunistic sense. Um, so that's one, you can't remove high growth company from my trajectory and have it be the same. Sure. Um, the next is I worked many roles in a short amount of time. I was hostess, waitress, bartender, manager, cook, all you know, in under a year. Wow. And some of that came because I was willing to work when others wanted to go home. It's not that I was cleanly given each job. It was somebody went home and it was a good opportunity for me. And then I started letting people know like, hey, if you wanna go home early, I'll finish the rest of your shift. Of course, I made more money because it's hourly work. Uh, and that was also part of my goal. Um, but the end result was being trusted to understand and then eventually teach new employees pieces or the whole of the business. And then, and then that made me qualified for other opportunities that I wouldn't have even imagined to apply for, but that people thought of me naturally for these opportunities because I worked with different people in different capacities in these roles. And so the idea of getting experience early um, experiencing a variety of roles, even if it's just through committee work or volunteer work. Not every job has a bunch of jobs like a restaurant that you can just pop into. Um, if you're in an office environment, it may be a little different, but there's no shortage of projects that people need help with, meetings that you could sit in on to take notes uh, or support or handle some of the back-end execution of but that did take extra hours for me, right? It was like extra work, extra hours, very late, but I loved it. I thought it was super cool. I was learning a ton mm -hmm. and then people wanted me on their team. And so as the company grew, I grew. At the same time, part of my growth involved leading teams. I have been leading people, like hiring people, you know, interviewing, hiring, training, coaching, giving them feedback, in some cases, even being a part of firing them in those early, early years. And so that also means my opportunities are not limited to independent contributor opportunities. I'm qualified to lead people, which is its own career track in addition to a function. So if I'm 
only a certain type of marketer, right? Like I have a marketing expertise. If I have no interest in managing people, I'm only going to be able to navigate independent contributor roles. At some point, as you move up, what the company needs is yes, your brain, but also for you to manage a team. Otherwise you'd have a super flat organization of 4,000 people who are all independent contributors. Mm -hmm. You need leaders, but up until you get to the very top, being so generalist that you don't know the specifics of the function, can't manage what excellent looks like, can't recruit and retain, don't have the respect of your team, you can't be that general either, right? So one is stay special, stay independent contributor. Again, there are career tracks there, just not the management opportunities. Or, and become generalist, right? But you've still got to work your way there to having experienced many things to appreciate the totality of uh, a department or a team. So the very short version is start working, start working early, um, make decisions based on um, what really drives you. And if you don't have something that absolutely drives you, then go for variety, right? Go for diversity um, of responsibility, of experience, of size of team, of type of company, of job function, if you can. And I would always say in my early days when opportunities came my way, I'm like, why would I not do this because either it's going to be the right thing and I'm getting a head start from most of my peers, or it's going to be the wrong thing. And I'm learning it very early and I'm never going to waste my time going back to doing that. And so I'm still ahead. I love that. It's important to do the work before you have the job. You know, a lot of people have uh, mentioned that on this show. I want to synthesize some of the things that you just said, just to make sure it's very clear with our audience. I know in your twenties, you want to have the blinders on, but it seems like you were often speaking with different departments, meeting with different people to learn their functions. Um, And I think that's super important, you know, because at the end of the day, if you're at a big company, yes, you need to focus on your day to day, but you know, even if you're not doing what that person's doing or what that person's doing, you all have a common goal at a company. So I think it's really important to find time to communicate with those individuals when you can. Um, we often hear in sports, you know, the first in the gym, last in the gym is that can be done in the professional environment as well. Something that you clearly did wanting to take on those extra responsibilities. So I think that that's also very important. And my final yeah. point is I bet, you know, now at Athletic Greens, which we're going to get to in a little bit, you know, when it comes to hiring young people who are motivated, it helps to see people who are working hard today because you did all these things as well. So I think that to any 20 something that's looking to stay ahead, um, maybe listen to what Kat just said and probably (laughs) take on those things yourself because, you know, a lot of these CEOs, presidents, founders, whoever they might be in their career today, they're looking for um, hardworking young professionals who did the same thing that they were willing to do um, when they were our age. So that's really important. So Kat, I want to talk briefly about a time of uncertainty, personal or professional that you had to deal with in your 20s. Clearly, we have a lot, uh, you know, people my age that we're dealing with. Global conflict coming out of the pandemic, signs of a possible uh, recession, this quote unquote crypto winter that we've been hearing a lot about recently. So um, we'd love to kind of talk about an experience that you had to power through uh, in your 20s. I mean, there were so many. I mean, one was, I remember, you know, I took my first corporate job when I was 20. And so I'd moved from being an hourly employee and an hourly employee that also was in a tipped wage role. So if I wanted cash, all I had to do was work another shift, right? It wasn't hard to make a hundred bucks or 200 bucks or $300, depending on what night or what day it was. And so if you think about what that does, um, one, it creates a very strong worth work ethic, but it also, in a not good way, 
trains doesn't, you don't really have to live off a super tight budget because I can pick up a shift, right? And, and so when I moved to a corporate gig at 20, being paid off a paycheck only, immediately taxed, and it was half of what I was making as a waitress. So the gross dollar amount was half. It was $21,000 a year, pre-tax. And then that was taxed. And so the take-home, even though that's the bottom tax rate, you know, the take-home was less than $20,000. And with no, like, because I was working a ton in the office. So there was no like picking up a shift. Plus I can't be an hourly, I can't be a corporate employee of the company and go then be a waitress. So I created some conflict Of course, there. I could have gone to work at another bar or restaurant, but I, I was so busy focused on this that I got into, wasn't bad, um, but I got into like a couple thousand dollars of credit card debt and mm-hmm. just learning how to manage my money differently, moving from a cash pick up a shift anytime to living off of a pre-taxed paycheck um, was a very painful lesson, right? I'm at the office. There was a credit card company calling my work number to collect, right? There were collectors and I was embarrassed and I was scared and I didn't know how to manage it. And luckily I had a friend at the office, a woman I respected in my department. And uh, I just said, like, hey, look, this is the situation. She goes, ah, I dealt with it too. And here's the credit counseling's phone number. They helped me. They'll get you on a plan. And they helped me through it, negotiate down the debt, make payments, get out of it. And I was like, oh, I don't ever want to be here again, right? Like, I don't, and literally, I was so scared of any debt from that point. I've never had debt from that, po- never <laughs> from that point. Um, so then I swung the pendulum the other way, but just thinking about, are you, are you informed on how to manage your personal finances? Are you, um, and I kept my living expenses very low, but I was like hanging out with friends and wanted to make new friends. and was paying for dinner and paying for drinks. And that adds up, right? When you're only making 20 large <laughs> over the whole year um, and are li- fully paying for your own expenses, like rent, car, food, you've run out of money very quickly. Um, and need that credit card float. And so I just hadn't saved enough. Um, I wasn't frugal enough in my own personal expenses. And it, you know, it took me about six months to learn that lesson. And so when you're making big life decisions, you need to account for your responsibilities, your capabilities, and ultimately what you want to be able to do in the near future that can affect something like your personal financial plan and how you think about savings versus expenses, mid and long-term versus short-term. Cause you know, when you're in twenties, YOLO. Um, but honestly, knowing what I know now about compounding interest, if I had taken those dollars and put them somewhere um, that had the opportunity to grow, wouldn't have been a bad thing. And so you just got to balance. Like, of course I'm young, I'm living my life to being more thoughtful. And I had to grow up really quickly. Um, and another lesson is similar, which is, in the early years, you don't have perspective. Like every change is the first time you've experienced it and it can weigh heavily. And I remember um, really struggling with kind of defining my sense of self when I was on one team that was big and that people knew. And then I was on another team that was small and it was actually more important to the company, but my ego was a little tied Mm and to the fact that it was more well-known. 
And so being able to manage yourself, know yourself, check in, really ask like, why do I feel this way? Or am I reading this the right way? And if I have a question, I should ask to validate it. You'll be far more confident because you won't get stuck in those moments of um, self-doubt, or as my mom used to say, borrowing trouble. Hmm. You will actually ask questions about these changes. Now, after you're even five years into a career, you've been through 30 major organization changes, four leaders who left the company who you loved, two leaders who you didn't like staying, one of them that you didn't like leave. Like in five years, you probably had at least two roles, not always, but and a lot changes. And so you get more and more calm as the years go on. You get less and less like thinking it's about you. Um, you think more about the company and the group. You navigate changes with grace. You start creating some of those changes yourself, right? And that's the journey. That's just the perspective you don't have right now. So, you know, the best thing you can do is, um, and a woman I deeply respect says this, like when you're in a tough moment, it's fine to be there. Just don't set up residence there. <laughs> like don't get your mail sent there. And it was a big difference maker for me when I was young because I could move through those moments fairly quickly. Like I allow myself to be sad or mad or embarrassed um, or nervous, but then remembering like this is happening because it's new and that's good. And so I need to get on the other side of it. And that made people want me on their team and I was able to learn. And then I started looking for feedback and looking for people to tell me things that I could do better and differently because then I could act on it. Um, so the, the younger you get good at taking in inputs, whether it's feedback that you request or a change that's affecting you that you didn't create, and, and responding to it optimally in a way that optimizes growth, like you're just going to go farther faster. Okay. Both of those points were brilliant. Uh, I just want to say thank you for sharing those. Uh, with the first uh, credit card example, I think that, you know, a lot of people in their twenties, they're going through similar issues or, you know, they're going through issues that maybe we haven't discussed in the show, but I think it's important to note that there are other people always um, who have probably gone through something similar are currently going through something similar. So uh, the point that you learned to communicate and like, you know, ask for advice, I think was super important to figuring that out um, in your twenties and, you know, feeling a little better about the credit card debt. And of course, planning is a big piece of the advice that you gave there too. And the second example about the role, um, I had Ev Williams on my show early, early on, and you reminded me of a quote that he shared uh, in your twenties, you should focus on your growth instead of your status. So I think that to a lot of my people, you know, generation Z, you know, it's easy to compare ourselves uh, to like what this person's doing, what that person's doing. I think, you know, you just really need to be whole with yourself and focus on what you want to do. Um, and of course, have a clear plan about what you want to do in the future. Um, and a little less, you should be comparing yourself. So I think that that's really powerful. So Kat, last question that I have for you, I would love to dive into Athletic Greens, which became a unicorn three months ago. So congratulations. Um, after a capital infusion of $115 million, this is a global health company selling daily nutrition products. I'm curious how important managing your health and wellness is in your 20s. And second question, has it always been for you? Um, it's always been for me, but not in the way I now define health. Sure. <laughs> I thought I was being healthy when I was like crushing a couple cocktails and eating donuts in the morning because I was also working out and running 10Ks. Um, so I just, you know, I see it more comprehensively now. Um, and I'm more informed, of course, as you get older, you read research, you meet people, and I can't unhear 
and unlearn what I have now learned. And I just didn't, I wasn't as educated on gut health when I was in my twenties. I wasn't, I wasn't aware that literally the digestive system has its own nervous system and that gut health is connected to mood and not just because I feel physically uncomfortable, but literally it's connected to mood and that how important of a role, um, nutrients and gut health in general are to your overall mental health. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, I just didn't have that education. And, and of course, when you're younger, you just, your physicality is far more resilient, but things converge over the years. Like you get more educated, as I mentioned, you have your own experiences in your family and friends that make you reflect. You may have your own moments with health um, that make you reflect. And then the reflection for some people turns into different action, not everyone. And then the different action starts to show rewards, um, more energy, less tired, less foggy. I'm sharp. I'm enjoying what I'm spending my time on because I'm, you know, I'm like, I'm there, I'm all in. Then for me, um, you know, when I had kids, I waited until I was 39 to have kids. So I have one at 39, one at 41. And now it's like, oh man, I want to live long and strong for them, you know, doing the math. I need to still be like a boss at 80, you know, to fully see them come into this world and, um, and, and whatever they may evolve into. And, and so that is not going to happen by having suboptimal life practices. Like it's about longevity for me and strength now and quality of my days now. And so when I reflect, I'm like, oh man, think about the time and money you waste um, on things that don't serve you, right? That's an easy list to make. It might be excessive alcohol. Um, it might be short-term purchases. It might be food that's not healthy, that when you look back, it's like, was it worth it? Like, um, and I'm a big, I'm very blended or balanced or whatever you want to call it. Like I believe in everything in moderation to some degree. Mm -hmm. And, but you can really enjoy moderation when you have otherwise been impeccably informed and consistent and caring for your body, um, which then allows you to have an optimal mind. And so, you know, hopefully just 20 year olds who want to have a more badass life, think about health, uh, and nutrition and really respect that we live pretty intense lives now and nobody has the perfect diet and no one has the perfect gut health unless you literally live on an organic farm. Um, and even then our food does not have the food, the nutritional density that it once does. And so to both live an active life, uh, and maintain that nutrient and gut health that we need supplementation is needed. It's why doctors say, take a multivitamin or doctors say, take a probiotic. The reason why is the body gets put under stress with a modern diet, doesn't get what it needs. Um, and so the idea of proactively, it's one of the many reasons I love athletic greens and AG1 so much is I'm chief fangirl. Like I'm customer. I wasn't the first ever customer. That was our founder, but I'm, I'm, you know, I'm on a short list of top, top obsessed fans because it helped me as a customer stop taking all these pills and powders and green drinks and probiotics and multivitamins. And now I just take my one scoop 
every morning. And I, it's my first step in my morning. It's my moment. It's the quietest moment in my day. And you know what, when I start my day with that health drink, that foundational nutrition drink that by the way, is covering a lot of my nutritional bases that I need from supplements. Um, I'm less likely to smash a donut. And by the way, I love a good donut, right? I just don't need to do it four times a week. Um, and, and other healthy habits get stacked because I'm starting the day with that. And that makes me feel really good about myself. And then over time, I do pay attention to comments where people are like, you're how old? You're 44. I just turned 44. Wow. Your skin is amazing. I'm like, I know (laughs) because I drink a ton of water. I drink my AG one every day, sometimes twice a day. Um, I wear my sunscreen. I exercise. I am, I am obsessed with my sleep. I will leave a party the minute after I get there to protect my sleep (laughs) and life is good. Right. And So these things I would just encourage anyone, no matter what age, but wherever you are in your life to just think about five years out and 10 years out uh, and ask, am I doing things now that are going to make my life even more awesome then? Uh, Or am I doing things now that might make it a little tougher? And it's not that I should not live my life. You're young. You should live your life. I was, I lived a very full life (laughs) and I'm still living a very full life. Let me be clear. Um, And so I'm proud that in general, I took care of myself. And certainly when I look back, I think, oh, if I had kept up with my exercise a little more, might've been less of a slog now and I have to drag myself in. And so, you know, so of course there are things I can look back and say, ah, okay, if I could advise someone younger, I'd encourage them to build community around nutrition, to build community around gut health, to stay consistent with being active, even though we can sit on our phones all day. Um, and do anything that they can, because that healthy body, healthy mind, you're going to be more kick-ass at work, in business, with your teams. People mm-hmm. feel it. It inspires them to take care of themselves as well. Body, mind, spirit, it's all connected. And it's all about how you start your day as well. So I can't wait to order my first AG1 right when we end this uh, interview today, Kat. <laughs> I just want to say thank you so much for taking time. I know you're super busy, but the advice that you shared in this interview really is not just going to be impactful to our audience, but it's also very impactful to me. Um, I related a lot to what you said and just want to say thank you so much for joining the show, Kat. This really means a lot. My pleasure. Thanks. Of course.